This week on Wellness and Wonder, Francesca and I talk with Shereen Lovegrove all about showcasing spirituality. Come and tune into the conversation only on Wellness and Wonder. Welcome back to another week of Wellness and Wonder. I'm Paris Savet. Welcome to Wellness and Wonder. I'm Francesca D'Amico. And today we're going to interview a powerful woman. We're going to talk and we're going to go through spirituality. So why spirituality? We are all different, but, but connected. Can you imagine? So that's because of the existence of spirituality within, within us. Being spiritual is about me being mindful. Mindfulness means awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose and not judgmental. It is to surrender, allowing us, um, allowing our body and mind to open the door to spirituality. Sherin, welcome to Wellness and Wonder. Please, can, if you present yourself, then we can go through all this together. Oh, brilliant. Thank you for, thank you for having me. It's so lovely to meet both of you. Um, so, yes, I'm Sharon Ann Lovegrove, and basically I work with women that are about 50 years plus and mainly women that really have, are trying to find their dreams. So they kind of think it's nearly too late and so I help them deal with all the things that stop us, procrastination, perfectionism, and people pleasing, all of these kinds of things that get in the way. They're really all parts of what I call imposter syndrome. And when we start to realize that, um, we can now take charge and realize we're the creators of our lives. So that's what I do. Amazing. And your, of course, your background is very interesting too. I know a lot about you, if you want to tell our guest, because it is important to have experience uh, before trying to teach anyone about spirituality, because we are all spiritual in a way, but of yeah. course, to be able to, to talk and to spread messages, we must have knowledge about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there, there, are, there are a couple of things. I mean, obviously, I am a, I am a therapist. I've been a therapist for something like 30 years. My background before that was I was a nurse and lots and lots of interesting experiences that happened during my nursing that definitely precluded me to believe in definite spirituality, but in a new form rather than the old way that I was. Um, I went on to study later on as a psychotherapist and then I, at sort of 50 is when I actually, my career started to really shift and I took my degree in psychology and my master's in cognitive neuroscience after that. Wow. Currently I, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> currently I'm doing my PhD for quantum integrated with medicine um, and that's really about how our consciousness really determines our life. So, you know, this is really where you're working with the quantum world, which I think we're now all ready to really truly embrace as a truth for us rather than the old paradigms. Yes, because it also it is true that uh, the spiritual awakening happens in different ways to everyone. Yeah. But at mm -hmm. that moment, we realize that everything is vibration. That's why I find spirituality so magical. And that's uh, an eternal truth. Everything is vibration. And by rise, raising our vibration, what we desire effortlessly, it manifests. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what's yeah. lovely is this is something we talk about often here on Wellness and Wonder. We say that you know, the moment we start to talk about the, the power of us, the power of self, the power of, you know, that we call it natural medicine, it becomes uh, a taboo subject. You know, the, the, mm. we always talk about the the power, 
within us is holistic. We always try and kind of rub out the word holistic. Like, why has it been given this term? So you are literally taking the power of self into a brand new medicine. So you've obviously used the word quantum, quantum physics, all of that. Let's talk for those. I love to kind of take a a chance for those who aren't aware of the terminology Mm. we use on here, because we are all very spiritual and net people. But for those who aren't, let's go into like a deeper moment of what that actually means so you know if we were to ask you we didn't really know much about the realm of spirituality and the real power of what would you do what would be the kind of basic foundations to describe it okay so the quantum world really talks about this idea that consciousness is the ground of all being right everything is determined by our thoughts everything is determined by the way we imagine the world to be and in actual fact, uh, the way we perceive the world, the body believes the world. Right. So we know that in, in, in essence now with normal, normal neuroscience, we know that the way we learn is basically about a kind of an activation of energy, an activation of, well, when I say an activation of energy, it's really about a vibration. Yeah, Everything vibrates, even though we're talking now, we only hear each other because of a vibration the vibration that's happening within our our larynx, yeah? And each of those vibrations have a a form of frequency which will resonate literally throughout the whole of the universe. And, 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 you know, in the Bible it says the beginning was the word and the word was God, yeah? We are the only creatures that can actually really talk with cognition, Right? with an ability of a meta kind of way of thinking about things. So when I say meta, I mean is our, our ability to stand outside ourselves and reflect upon ourselves, and the ability to imagine and create with the imagination. So these are the kinds of skills that really determine the difference between how we are. And just today I was reading up something, and I love looking at words and the letters of words, and there's in the, in the Jewish faith, there's yod heh bo heh, and really the yod is, talks about the hand, yeah, the hand, and the hair is the window, the eye is the window to the soul, and the vo is again about us as this being, this encapsulated being, and the hair is again the window of the spirit, and how we are in the world. So it makes pure sense, and I know that in the Old Testament, in the old ways, we were never that word but actually we are meant to see that word as us because the new testament was here to actually inform the old testament wasn't about to take away from it because people in the old testament didn't understand they didn't have the ability to understand in the way that we can conceptualize now so when we talk about the quantum world the quantum world just talks about that every experience we have is millions and millions and millions of worlds which are thoughts essentially thoughts and they are bubbling around and basically when they collapse when we have an idea those thoughts have collapsed they've grounded they've landed basically and that creates the reality through which we are in that moment in time that filter So when you think about the quantum, that's what you're actually looking at. You're looking at that vibrational frequency and the way we view the world and the moment we view it from one thing or the other. So with mindset, if you turn something around, you're already moving into a new world, a new trance, a new state of being. 
this is so powerful, Shirin. Of course, we would love to hear techniques regarding this because for people, it is so easy to listen to the things, but it is so difficult to act on them. Why? Yeah. Because they're not conscious. As you said, consciousness shapes our own reality. It is something beautiful. As dreams are possible if our intentions are aligned with our actions. And mm. we know that. But how can we truly meditate or act on this because i know how powerful you are can we give advices to our guests thank you um i think you know the the, the, the most important thing is we have to start with a belief a belief and often a belief happens from an experience yeah um but we, we have to start with this idea or this belief that everything and anything is possible Yes. The moment we have that belief and it resonates deeply, so it sits within us in a way that allows us to kind of act upon it, that's when we can start to begin that moment of, of being in truth and start to move forward. So for me, one of the biggest beliefs when I was doing The I Can, which was my first book, was really about understanding that I wanted, I had a desire that I wanted to lose weight And I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to be able to keep it off. And I had to get to a state of being that was different from the being that I was before. And otherwise it was going to be hard work. Mm. It means that every day I was going to do something. I was going to struggle. And if I wasn't aligned with something that was a bigger truth than I was, then it wouldn't have made it so easy So when I wrote Maximum Result for the Least Amount of Effort, the moment you have enough energy that's persuading you to go in one direction, it means that you automatically don't pay attention to the other stuff. You are connected to it and committed to it. Yeah. So I think the, big, the biggest thing is to really have a belief, look around and find out. You know, where, So, for example, if you want something, if you desire something, You have to understand that your world, the way you think about it, is what creates the reality. So if you're believing something, then that becomes that truth and you're going to live that truth. So you've got to have to change your belief in alignment with that. And you have to visualize it. You have to embody it. You have to walk each moment in, in the day in that, in that state because that is the only way you can actually get to achieve that. And I love the fact that we that there was something that was really interesting is I always wondered why when we manifest, why it doesn't work, yeah? And one of the things what I realized is we have these beautiful mirror neurons. And when we manifest, we have to actually also go outside ourselves and observe ourselves, yeah. telling ourselves how mm. great we are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Or have other people tell us. So it's almost like we have this 360 around us And we're walking in this world, in this bubble, in this new creation that we're creating. So it's funny you say that because I was listening to a shaman called Shaman Durek and he was saying that when we speak to ourselves in the mirror or when we try and manifest, we say, I want, I want. And we kind of have to go back to somewhat of a childhood state. When we raise children, we say, you are powerful. You are yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of reflects exactly what you're saying that we have to come out of ourselves to tell ourselves that you are this. Mm. Because to say I, if we don't believe that implicitly. Well, the thing is, we, when we say I, the crazy thing is we can't see I. Right. We can't see I, but we can see you. Mm. Wow. In a mirror. Okay. So yeah. when you can see you 
And that, that's where we have, where I talked about these mirror neurons that we have. And we develop them when we're about, what, 18 months is when mirror neurons start to really, really grow. And we start to get these things, spindle fibers. And basically what happens is this, this gives us this, the ability to project ourselves outside ourselves. And that's, you know, when a belief happens, it's because we see it to be true. Yeah? Yeah. So if we're not outside ourselves to watch ourselves, how can we know it's true? And so we won't feel it and we won't believe it. That's why, Sherina, I always say that our emotions, our intuition, they never lie because uh, many things can come from the outside world, but our beliefs come from us, from within yes. us. So if we truly connect with the source of creation, we plant the seed. <laughs> Awareness, its power, our power, and we attract the blessing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny because actually it's it's exactly that, and it's a visualisation process that so many don't really understand the power of. And so mm. where do you think, when people say like vision boards, do you think that is a good start to have mood boards, vision boards of what they visualise in their future? Or is there something better that you can suggest to help people really come out of themselves to understand what they can be, want to be, should be? Well, I think vision boards, I think vision boards are fabulous things. Mm. They are really wonderful because at least they start that process of working, you know, maybe I let, let's go with this idea and I was trying to work out what, what do they mean when they talk about the kingdom of heaven? And basically the kingdom is really us, our body, our mind, our soul, our spirit. So we can only enter the kingdom as a child. Right. What does a child do? child doesn't criticise. A child just goes, yes, I believe it. Yeah, so they're busy. They will go and play with stuff. They will go into that imaginary world and they will draw and they'll do all sorts of things and it is so real. That's what the, the, what the vision board does. It actually, if you're in that state, you're activating, you're activating the state of the kingdom to draw and to pull and to do all of that. But the problem happens is when we go out of it. Right. When we go out of it and we don't reconnect to our vision board every day. Well, yeah. We don't go and imagine we are the vision board. Yeah. So a lot of people that do vision boards don't necessarily have them doing the very thing that they want to envision. So right. they won't be sitting there creating pictures with them with say oh, you can see that with a book, say, with their name on it. Right? So you've got to have things that are actually going to be particular for you in that vision board to make it really, really real. And you have to activate it every day. You have to activate it. Yeah. In because fact, there is something about learning. Every time we learn, I don't know whether you know, but when we do something new, our brain gets what we call a little hit and then it encourages us to do more. Yeah. And so every time you do your vision board, you create this hit so that you keep learning, keep learning, keep creating that kingdom until such time you don't need to actually do it because you're already doing it in your everyday today being. Wow. And that's actually something I found as well is that I had to redo my vision board at one point because you get to a point where, yeah. I, in fact, my whole planner, I'm like, well, actually, I did that. That happened. That happened. I was like, <laughs> yeah. take two, you know, need to, need to upgrade it. And it is fascinating. It is fascinating. 
Yeah, I mean, you you don't you changing all the time. So why wouldn't your vision board change? And you can have lots of different vision boards. You don't have to have just one vision board. Oh, wow. You can have a main vision board, but you can have subsections of that vision board and make a whole new story. Oh wow! Um, out of that, yeah. So you can get really creative. Just be, you know, go for it. Yeah, and also to stay pure, being, you know, maintaining our inner child alive is fundamental because the responsibilities in our whole adulthood, of course, they make us more responsible. We lose the magic of life. It is normal. But then if we keep our inner child alive, we embrace the truth in a different way. Mm. It's so important to, to still keep this purity and to, to laugh for stupid things every day, to keep this smile on and to... <laughs> And to, to, see, to see through details, not only thinking about mm. the future, about what we need to do in the future, because life is also now. And it's important yeah. to, to, to feel the details of now, too. Yeah, I, I, I like to think about it. And, and I, I was just using that analogy today. Our life is just a moment of sequence of events or events or seconds that are each second is different from the one past. Mm. And so the whole way of just living is always in the present. We're going from present to present to present to present to present. What a gift. Right. I give myself a present. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say, isn't it, we're so busy looking at the future of the past and forgetting <laughs> that tomorrow is now, the day after is now, and all we ever exactly. have is now. And I used to suffer from terrible anxiety, and it's definitely got better, particularly, you know, towards the last year or so. But mm. Mm. I think actually I can't worry about what will happen should happen I want to happen it was particularly when you get kind of on the success train I want to be I intend to do and yeah and you start thinking about this I've always been like a big thinker so or I always joke with people I look at end goal and work backwards but then understanding particularly with this pandemic you look and you say actually all we have is today and so today yeah. all I'm going to focus on is having a better tomorrow before what I can do today and yeah. that's how I think. Do you think that's probably all we can really say for each day? Yeah, and and I think I think that I think that you know obviously we are we we have the ability to conceptualize the future. That's there, and so therefore you know we want our future to pull us. Right. Yeah, we want it to pull us. But what we don't want to do is to be living and dragging and, 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 yeah. and in a way trying to get to the future. We want it to pull us. And the only way it can pull us is to create it and then to actually start living in the present, each thing that's going to contribute to that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the great thing is and you don't have to worry so much about the future because you've already told the future I'm here. Right. Pull me along. Yeah. <laughs> Come fetch me. And all of a sudden you feel much more calmer, much, much more aligned, and you start to notice opportunities that you wouldn't have noticed before. Mm -hmm. yeah. Things come up. Right. Yeah. And, you know, because we're not meant to go, it's very seldom we, a life is about a straight line, is it? <laughs> life is like lots and lots and lots of little bends. Mm -hmm. Until you start to, you know, and, and often you find you go round and around and around and around. And every time you think, well, why am I back here? But actually you're never back at the same place. Right. You're always at a deeper level of consciousness. And if you are come, if you are at the same place, then you kind of go, well, mm, if I'm here, why am I here? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Sherin, I wanted to tell you also, I believe uh, you think the same, that uh, we must not be too critical with ourselves also to enjoy the present. So we must uh, silence our inner critics sometimes, refusing mm. to listen to it, uh, because we are greater than the untruth that uh, we have internalized. So that is also an example how to enjoy the present, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not criticizing yourself is a very good good way of, yeah. of being and it's interesting because that you know like when I think about of course the head is looking and evaluating because that's that's how we you know how we learnt to be able to see the world and, and create and by that there's a default because we're there to to literally see the mismatch between where we are and where we want to be so the most important thing I think then at that point is to re- is to actually understand that that these are both the same eyes. Yeah. They just have different ways of seeing the world and they have different intentions. Yes. But the intentions are the same. They both want to succeed. They both want you to live. They both want you to have everything that you need. Yeah. So they need to be in coherence. They need to be working together rather than apart. Yes. So, and, and I've always known that conflict has been, the, you know, I've always said conflict is the thing that causes the greatest amount of problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even if you have a belief, you can often have a belief that doesn't believe that. Right. You know? Yeah. You can, you can say, I can believe absolutely better, but there's another part that says, but you've had experience already and you know that's not true. Yeah. So you're already in in, in, in this this kind of place and all, all of a sudden you're you're not you're not gelling, not in space. Right. But if you actually just ac- acknowledge that part, and you just go, yeah, that is my old experience, but that doesn't determine my future over there. All of a sudden, you get a different alignment. Our pro- problems don't define us at all, and maybe sometimes people get in trouble because also they surround themselves by not negative energies, but by energies that are not good for them. So we should always surround ourselves by people that push us for the better in a positive yeah. way. Mentioning wellness, it, it you know you see so many people, and there's a there's obviously we we often teach about you know stillness being present and understanding the day and the moment mm. but there's an awful lot of people who it's hard to say this and obviously this would be a really good query but let's say you have a certain level of laziness they kind of just take life as it is you know they it's almost like a settlement but yet these people might have the greatest potential but you often find they'll say oh well I'll never have that I'll never have that where does mm. and even people who do you say you wanted to lose weight when we want to include wellness into this process and you hear, often hear people say oh it's all about mindset mindset how would you suggest when people are in a such a mindset that's so set that is mm how do we break them out? You know, you can look at someone and say, do you realize what you have? You know, I know a couple of people who just as an example, they, you know, aren't with the person they want to necessarily be, but they have a whole, they have lots of materialistic things that would actually, if they saw the magic for what they are, could project their life in certain ways, but they are so caught up in what they don't have, what they actually wanted, what they think life should be. How do we turn around and say to them, like, you need to change your mindset? And of course, it's so easy <laughs> to say to somebody, 
but what yeah. does that actually mean like how, where would we start to help people it's a real tricky one. Oh mm. my god that is so tricky i mean most people that come to see me is because they want to change yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and i guess for most of us and so i'm i'm guessing is for me the greatest spiritual thing is to be able to just really truly accept them where they are right. and to match that yeah. so like my i had a you know i have a, i have someone that i that a close cousin and um basically she was saying you know i'm i really need to lose weight but you know i just can't do this and, mm. and i you know I've got and i've got this and i've got that and i just looked at her and i said you know something when the time is right when you feel in a space where you can see the glimmer that is when it'll happen right that is when you will see today is the day i'm going to take that step i said for me to tell you to take this next step i'm not going to tell you yes i know you already know that right you already know that what I'm going to do is give you the hope that it will happen. Mm, wow. I'm going to give you a hope that right now, whatever you're experiencing is going to pass. Mm, yeah. And if you need to talk, if you need to do this, that's going to pass. I'm just going to be there. And when you're ready, that's when you'll okay. take that step. But also the spiritual awakening can happen in many ways, even through love, for example. Can we talk about this? So it can be just a moment that can change your life. It can awaken your soul. So it is not just about learning about spirituality. It's about feeling things for what they are, being conscious of what you are, what you want, absolutely. But then you can also find spirituality through love, because as we know, love is the most powerful force and strength. Mm -hmm. So what would you say about uh, finding spirituality through love? Oh, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> it's really big because love is, a, is, in a way, it's quite complex and it's also very yeah. simple. Hmm. Um, what do we define by love? Yeah. You know, yeah. what is love is really yeah. important. And I yeah. think that we have possibly learned a lot of the wrong ways about love. And we haven't learned the right way. So we've kind of attributed a lot of uh, a lot of what came up as we grew up to mean love. So, for example, one of my big habits was I was a lovely people pleaser. I liked, I liked helping people because it made me feel good. I was also really good at it. So, therefore, you know, I kind of landed in patterns where I ended up really taking on a lot more responsibility than I should have taken. And I also ended up in, in jobs or in businesses where I ended up working in the background, doing a lot of the very hard work while the other people were taking the glory. So I think I thought that was loving. <laughs> I thought it was loving to feel guilty if I didn't do something. Right. Yeah. So we can misattribute love. And I honestly believe that if we feel If, if we don't feel anything is open, anything is expansive, if, if it doesn't bring joy to our life, then it's not love. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean to say it's not going to be challenging. Right. Yeah. But I think that there is that when you have this consciousness of, okay, you know, this, is, this person's doing this. I love this person, but this behavior isn't great. Right. 
this isn't this is this is not that part of being loving. This is the that young part in that person that is going into their old spiral. Yeah? yeah. So the real part of love is really learning how to step out of it and connect to that other part of you that's able to see beyond. Yes. To see mm-hmm. beyond. And when you do that, you actually do get a spiritual experience because Shereen, you said something so magical. Can we go so can we repeat it? Because this is the, the actual, I think, the actual secret of pure love. It's to go beyond of what's in front of you, to really feel beyond that that gives you this power of feeling powerful mm. without any expectation. I think it's a willingness to go beyond. And to be able to go, how can I, in this moment, how can I, how can I create something that each of us, each of us can benefit, each of us can learn, each of us can grow? Um, and how can I still, my heart that's going, I want to fight back, how can I do that and be in that space that I make, I create something that is beautiful or something that is going to help each of us grow in some way and it is about moving beyond is that we have to move out of the one paradigm we're in into the other paradigm and it may be that at that moment in time you've got to say you know what I'm just going to walk out for the minute I love you but I'm going to walk out Mm -hmm. yeah I know right now I'm going to say something I don't want to say I'm going to walk out yeah yeah and I'll come back because I love you Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will come back and we'll discuss what it was. Yeah. But you open that door to be able to not go into that spiral. Yeah. So it is about moving beyond into a new possibility and seeing there is something here. And if you if you love someone enough, you're going to do that. It's kind of like, you know, I get, how many mothers that right now I can imagine are fathers with having kids, having to homeschool, I don't know, Paris, if you've got kids, yeah. but oh my God, I can't imagine how hard it is to, to have a house full of kids constantly and you having to navigate and have your own needs and your own desires yeah. and to be able to step back and go, you know what, right now I'm the parent, yeah. right now I have to manage me, right now mm-hmm. I've got to look what's going to best help my child. And maybe it is saying no, but right now that's what I'm going to choose to do. Yeah. And the choice is really the key. And yeah. that, yeah. Is, that is, I it. have a choice here. Mm. What I've noticed uh, during this uh, uh, love awakening, spiritual love, is that uh, it makes you understand also who you are, who you truly are, because you discover yeah. about your inner self. As we know, love is the answer for any problem, any fear. If we choose love over fears, that's when, you're, when we're going to have success. Yeah. In general, love is the secret, the answer for anything. So discovering spirituality through love, it is so powerful because it makes you discover, like I said, who you are, what you really want from life, what you believe yeah. why. Yeah. And I also incredible. think love is transforming, you know. Just, yeah. Just as Shireen said, it's a lot of people you see, and I see when that, when often men often, so I've noticed a lot of men do say that, and us as women, we are very much, some of us are very conflicting, some of us are very, when we hear them words, I'm going to go and I'll come back. Now, when I was younger, that used to trigger me. I used to say, what, so you're not going to tackle it now? Now I'm older. <laughs> I will sit back and say, actually, you know what? 
I will come back. I lo- just like you said, I love you. I'm going to go grab a coffee. I'm yeah. going to come back because love is, I've always used to say more recently that if what's bothering me doesn't affect tomorrow, it doesn't bother me that much. And I think yeah. in love, that's the most powerful thing that there are things that you say, okay, tomorrow will this still bother me? No. After today, I go and I always believe you must never go to bed angry either because yeah. I think it's so important that, you know, of course, your energy resets, the day resets, you're given another present of another day. And to carry the energies from the day before into the next day, I think in love, that's one of the worst things we can do. And of course, we're only human to hold grudges and to go through that. But you sit and you say, well, this love means more to me than this problem. And I think that's when you start to lose the concept of love, when that problem becomes bigger than the love you have for the person. And I think that's really important that often we don't demand the love we deserve enough to then open that journey. Some people are so fearing of self or by being by yourself that they just accept the most convenient love to them. But understanding that, you know, soulmate, twin flame, as you find that person that ticks the boxes that you really, really want. And it almost goes back to that princess concept that a lot of women grow up with. You know, you see, oh, the prince charming. (laughs) But that's a thing. And technically, you know, obviously we're not saying wait forever, wait for Mr. Perfect, but Mm. enough of them boxes do need to be ticked to enter that field and so then you start to find yourself in that position where you say okay I love them more than what I ever you might have a problem with right now so I definitely think that for love you do transform you know and communication is everything so it's how you say your problem and how you get over these things and rather than sitting and harboring emotion it's you sit back and you accept okay this is how I feel are you in a space yes Everything comes easier when uh, when you have the right person. It comes everything right. is natural. Everything looks like a game, even though something deep is happening. It's it's magical, Sherina. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you discover your spirituality through love or? I think. Mm, gosh, yeah. I mean, I I, I think that that I, I, throughout my life I've had spiritual experiences. So for me, it was never that I didn't know, didn't have spirit. I think what I hadn't had was the ability to have spirit to understand it from the way that I could. So, you know, when we go through life, we have to reassess and reevaluate and we have to change things, yeah? And I think sometimes what happens is most of us, when we grow up, We've grown up with the with the kind of spirituality that's been given to us, yeah, and we don't necessarily question that spirituality until later. And I think now people are questioning it a lot, lot more. But certainly, in my young age, we didn't question huge amounts, and um, so therefore, when I started to have kind of spiritual experiences as a child, I was immediately shut down. So I was immediately told that isn't true. I even now today, I you know, I had a spiritual experience where actually I had like God coming and telling me everybody goes to heaven at seven years of age. And I didn't understand what that was. Mm. 
And now I do, you know, but the nun at that moment in time told me I was evil. Wow. Bad people go to hell. And I said, but that's not what God told me. <laughs> and so therefore what happened was this dichotomy that people have, but also for a little girl that was really quite hard not to have someone to talk about reincarnation or the idea that we do come and we do evolve. We do evolve in, in, in different ways. Now, we don't have to believe in reincarnation for that. But if we do think about it in the sense that it is that, then it's really about us coming back and perfecting and learning and connecting to find who we are. Because later on in my life, I had another experience which was through love. And this was a moment where I was so deeply in love, but it was an unrequited love. Mm. And that was when I had this mystical experience. And, you know, the mystical experience was I was told I was God. Wow. So that was an immense gratitude. I was given that. So I realized that part of this journey really, and sort of later on as you as you start to go around and around and find out more, you get expanded, you start to realize that in actual fact it is this truth that you are. I couldn't accept it at that time because I I couldn't, I, I was too young in the sense I didn't understand it. But now I understand it deeper and more and starting to, and 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 now know, oh, yes, that's what it is. We're, the ability that we have to create makes us God. Yeah. That's why we live in the world of our own paradigm, yeah? And that's why we can manifest mm. easily if we choose to use the right skills and the right tools. And that's, that's what it is in the Bible, if we choose to listen and read properly. Yeah. They say there's a concept that, and I've got to try and get this as accurate as possible, but the concept of actual heaven, they tried to suggest it actually is either space or the ocean because they said that heaven, ideally to say in the sky, there's we can reach the sky, but there's a certain level of the ocean we've never been to and there's a certain level of the sky we haven't been to. What do you think about that? Because they suggest that real heaven can, cannot be cannot be reached in, in, in any element, that there should be no challenging force to true heaven? I th well, I think that while we live in this body, mm. our mm. heaven is, is when our mind and our heart connect, the three, our mind, heart, and our womb energy all connect together. We form this kind of uh, power of eight. I think that's when we, when when we feel peace, we are in heaven. We can cope with anything, yeah? Our time here is to recognize who we are. That's what I believe. We're here to recognize who we are and then create with that, to use that as the as the thing. That then we're at the end of our journey. And in general, as and I and I truly believe that the more we start to connect to that who we are, the lighter we become the more energetic we become, the more we let go of all the garments, all the, when I call the garments, these are all our beliefs that are incorrect, mm. uh, all those structures that don't belong to us. I yeah. think that that's what it is. So I don't, I think because we naturally think about heaven in the form of an external to ourselves, that's because of the way we've been taught, yeah, because we don't know but if you look, when people think about heaven, they immediately look up because actually 
our cerebellum and our cerebellum is where the third, where they meet, is where the third eye is. Yeah. And the third eye has DMT, which creates mystical experiences. Right. So we know that the moment we do that, and, 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 our, and our cerebellum works on our feeling of everything around us, yeah? So how we operate in space, it has every nerve that goes to every part of our body to tell us where we are in space. So we know that one part of the brain is really focused on space and another part of the brain is very focused on thinking and that yeah. kind of process. So when you bring those two together, you start to really get the harmony and you get what would be a full gamma mystical experience. And that's literally like having a full-on trip. Wow. I think yeah. it's a good one. <laughs> and it's, a good <laughs> it's a good trip. But the thing is, we are here to live in this earth. Mm. The yeah. kingdom. Yeah. The earth is our kingdom. We're here for that. And we're living in it. So we're living in this kingdom and we're living in the, in the kingdom of earth. Connected to the universe at the same time. Yeah, the, the universe and in the universe because we're part of it. Everything yeah. connects with everything else. So I don't. I think. I think you know the fact that we haven't reached the depths of the sea yet. We will one day. Mm. I don't know how because I think we could build structures for that. I'm not sure how we could get to other parts of the universe unless we're actually going into a Merkaba light thing that will take us through transcending time. Um, I'm not sure about that, but I certainly know that our job or my job is to really create the kingdom here right now while I, so to let go of all my stuff, to let go and help others let go of their stuff so they can be free energy. Wow. You know, we're meant to be light. We're meant to live healthily for, for hundreds of years. We're meant to be able to, yeah, pretty much defy gravity. Wow. Yeah. So would you say that, Shireen, to, to be able to do this, we should work on our intuitions because uh, through intuitions we can really uh, go home wherever we are. If we follow our intuitions, we feel safe. Well, I think that, ooh, it's interesting. So are we following intuition from what we would call our true centre or our false centre? So we have to learn what's up, what the difference between what is really true and what's not so true. Um, so I think that for me personally, it's really about finding things that will allow me to expand. If, if when you have an intuition and it's exciting and it feels like it's going to come alive and you go, oh, my goodness, all of a sudden that enthusiasm builds and you get excited, that's the kind of intuition that you need to go with. Yeah. Or you have an intuition where, where you actually start to notice stuff that's so out of the ordinary that you stop and you go, okay, so how come I'm noticing this now? Right. And that then starts to bring in a whole lot of connection with your body and you start to get information because you're now you're calm and you're in that wise space. I think that if you're following intuitions which are not – They're taking you round and round the loop and there doesn't seem to be any progress, then those might be intuitions based on past behavioural experiences. 
they may, may be the intuitions of a pattern. Yes, that's very important. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to be very clear to know what is your intuition, and to and to and to work with it. You, I mean, it's like a muscle. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go into it and ask it. What is it you're trying to tell me? Yeah. Because yeah, it could just be insecurity and yeah, and damage. Yeah. And, you know the way you've been damaged, where you've been hurt, or it could be yeah. genuine intuition. I think that's definitely, you know, and you must experience that. Obviously, helping women over fifty, a lot of us, at, we get to a point where we probably have a lot of hurt harbored within our womb. And I'm actually um, yeah. reading a book called uh, Sacred Women by Queen Afua that talks about the power of. Yeah of the womb and how that is actually the woman's really the woman's immune system alone. But yeah. what yeah. do you experience in doing that? Obviously as we get to a stage and I joke actually, and, and, you know, to really realize that when we get to a certain age, of course we bleed every month, which, you know, it's, it's not the most enjoyable experience. And then of course we <laughs> the menopause and then we go through this new shift. And of course I think that mm. shift is probably, because the joke is that we can become somewhat, maybe we can either become a dragon, we can either embrace it. You know, there's loads of ways yeah. to be. And as as a woman who hasn't reached there yet, I'm, I'm a little bit fearful of it to, to know that like, oh, could my whole energy change when we... But it will, yes. You're right, of course it's right. going to change. It's going <laughs> to be it, different. It's frightening. And it's going to be gloriously different because mm-hmm. a lot of the angst and the worry and the things that you might have had in the past, they don't, they're not there. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's look at it from a, I mean, I, I love the fact of biology and how biology interacts mm-hmm. with, with what, we, what we do. And for me, um, you know, one of the things is that biology orientates us in a, certain, in a certain way. So if you look at, I mean, it's easier to look at, at, at animals that don't have a lot of preconditioning. If you look at what happens with toys, and they'll play with shiny things. They go for those things actively without any training, any being taught. Whereas girls will always, you know, baby monkeys will always look at dolls. Yeah. And so there's a definite predisposition from eight months at eight, eight weeks of, of being in the uterus. We are already flooded with these hormones that have an effect on our brain. Yeah. And that will allow us to orientate. Now, if you have a lot of estrogen, you will have a lot of effect that is much more stronger on our body, which is why women have a lot of feelings. Yeah, that's why the connection to the womb is so, so very strong. A lot of men, it actually, testosterone actually inhibits those connections. Right. So they have more of a mental thing going on. Mm. Now, depending where you're on the spectrum and depending on how you've adapted in your life you will either become as a woman you'll either become more mental or you will become more emotional one or the other you'll you know depending on the, on bad experiences good experiences you'll be balanced you yeah. will be able to be able to be both yeah so it's where you fit on that spectrum as to which you'll go and I went to the mental I went to the mental side so I kind of shut off a lot on my physiological side so one of the things, what, what happened when I never even felt that I was in menopause, I didn't even know I was in menopause. <laughs> I realised, well, oh, I haven't had a period for two weeks. I mean, two months. Sorry, not two months, two years. <laughs> oh, God. God, let's go there. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and so, and I looked back and I thought, 
because I know it was in, in 2014, that was my last period. Mm. And 2016 was when I actually looked and thought, oh my God, when did I last buy pants? And that was how it was. And so it was really interesting. But what was more interesting was the, the, the balance that I started to feel. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was a completely different balance in my yeah. in my being, and I did, you know I felt really good. So I think that what will happen is when you diminish on the estrogens, then you're not so. Um, so one of the things with women often is we tend to defer. If you look at how we collectively evolved before we kind of were sort of more in, in our human niche dimension. We were actually we were in collect we would be in collections with women, okay, females, and so we would defer. We had to look at society. We had to look and orientate accordingly. Mm. Now that doesn't mean men can't do this, but it just meant that that was our modus of operandi. Mm. So we were naturally would defer. We would naturally listen to if someone says, "Well, you know, if you wore that dress, you look like a terrible dragon." We would change it, yeah, instead of. So it's a natural thing that often happens until we are secure enough to go, no, I'm going to wear what I want. Menopause is more likely to be like that. You are more likely to shift because you're getting more testosterone now. And you're more likely to be more definite about what you want. You're more likely to actually not get so caught up in all the rubbish. Wow. Yeah. That's why we're, we now can live, we're now at an age where we're not too tired that actually women are really coming into their power in, at 50. Wow, okay. Be- yeah, because now we, we're moving beyond that, whereas before we were so tired. Mm, yeah. We were so tired. Society has a society. And also before, I mean, if you look at, you know, in the, in the last 20 years, how we're now treating our girls is differently. We're giving them the role models. We're giving them the ability to kind of move and and see that they have this potential. There is a world Mm. out for them. And, you know, they've got just as much right to have that world as anybody. And so that's that's changing the paradigm so much. But for people that are 50 and older, they're still in that paradigm. Mm. You know, they've still got patterns. So it's about learning how to undo that. In the, new, in the new age now, I think a lot of people are going to struggle with, um, because we have so much tech and so much stuff constantly bombarding us, inhibition is going to be very hard. Right. Yeah. So mindfulness and teaching kids how to do mindful practice is really going to be pivotal. Yes, you can say it is the beginning to, to become spiritual and to open the door to spirituality, mindfulness. Yeah, so- yeah. Let's say obviously we we through time we've built to be passive creatures and uh, it just shows that actually what it is is a big sign of the the passiveness leaving to then of course obviously we just don't take as much as we used to take at, at, when it yeah. gets to a certain yeah. point and so that's really interesting so it really shows the work you do before that point really does set you and prepare you for that yes. Yes, and that's why it's so important to, you know, when I when I used to do my midwifery and mm. work with the gentle birth, every mother I was always talking about was actually about be aware that you will treat your son and daughter differently. You'll treat you'll, you know you'll, if you have different children, you're going to treat them differently. But 
you're going to really treat them differently because of the way they orientate in the world. Wow. And then you've got your own background, your own learning, your own limitations, mm. and you'll filter through that, yeah? And it's really interesting. So I just kind of said, you know, just be aware of this. That was the, the one thing I, I so wanted them to be aware of because I had experienced it. I had experienced growing up in a world where it was so much masculine dominated. And I had to struggle to move forward. So for me, it's so important that we really help both boys and girls because boys in their own way are limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most ADHD, hyperactive disorder, happen to be boys. Yeah. Autism. Yeah. And that they're just on the far end of the spectrum. Right. And it really is about how do you bring them into having more of the more of the connection with the soul. But it's actually yeah. even saying that autism, so obviously it's such a massive spectrum, but we're so quick to call it a learning difficulty when actually it's more of just an alternative processing because so I was reading a, a book by um, Oliver, I've forgotten his name now, I'll find it, but about music and the mind. And oh, Oliver Sacks. That's the one. Oliver Oliver yes, yeah. And <laughs> he often spoke how quickly we would give medicine for things like ADHD and autism when for, for the least severe, obviously, you know, when it starts to fall into Asperger's, the more severe cases, it's very different, but the more behavioral situations, it's not, we're giving a pill for something that doesn't need a pill. Actually what these children need is, is if the world spins this way, they need it to go this way. And that's something that we are so quick to say, well, you are meant to do things like that. So actually you have a disorder and actually this is yeah. probably more creative. Their processing is different. And yes. I think it definitely does come down to that, that. And that's what Oliver Sacks was saying, that when when you are atypical, you you just follow the rules. But a lot of the people who are not, not uh, on the on the spectrum they often have something that they're extremely savant at that mm. you know, the normal person can't or atypical person can't actually do and yet we'll actually put them down as having a problem when actually yeah. it's a processing difference and as you say as we're opening up this world between spirituality you know they're now teaching yoga and mindfulness as part of the curriculum as at eight years old for my child that goes wow what does that mean in yeah. 10 years with of course as you say this new power of women this new sensitivity for men all of this that's opening what is going to blow open in in 20 years from now it's going to be insane really well yeah i mean this this is we are in the age we're now truly jumping into the age of aquarius and i think that's i know that it was like the 60s and, we, and people were talking about it but actually we are now in the aquarian age mm -hmm. it happened at the beginning of this year really because now the consciousness is really starting to to, to lift up you know i think we've got computer power enough that we're now able to everybody in the world is able to learn and able to grow and able to change and i think it's that that is giving this extreme amount of 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 um, of collapse for the new for the new era that's going to be. So you know, it's kind of like how many hits are you going to have? If you get a lot of hits, you get a lot of power going. In place. 
I and think that really is power. Sorry if I interrupt you, Shireen, but I don't believe in. Uh, in I think uh, the consciousness comes from the ancient world. I think we've been losing it for a long time because of what you know, because of the evolution of the world. We were missing the spiritual things of life because we were more focused on the outside world. Only now. Yeah. Only over the last two years, people are becoming more spiritual because they had time to think about this. But it truly happened in the past where really people were focusing only on consciousness, only on spiritual matters. So that's why people had magical powers in the past. And now we don't anymore. That's because they were training about spiritual uh, behaviors and endeavors for a long time, more than now. I think you're right. I think you're right in a lot of ways um, because people that went in for spiritual spirituality and things like that, they they made the effort and they followed that route. Okay, they were they were taken care of and they were looked after. But the world was very different. Yeah, we're in a world now where everything is so easy, so fast that it's that it's become it is going to be much more of a challenge to actually do that path. To actually follow because we're getting interrupted all the time. I don't know how many times my thing is lit up, um, just in just in the fact that these these notifications. We have got to be able to withdraw from that, and then start to focus in and build that muscle. But that is going to require. It's going to require a revolution because I think while while people are still while we're still in the space where where it's so exciting because it is just still opening up. Mm. We haven't necessarily developed what what people in the past would have had because they they didn't have any other choice. They didn't have yeah. the interruptions we had. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were able to go be an apprentice and they did that life work and they thought in that process and they thought deeply about that process. We yeah. don't do that kind of analysis anymore. And Yeah. We don't, and that's the big key. We have to do a journal. We have to look at things. We have to reflect on it. Yes. Look at how that fits in our life. How do we take the next step? What's the next step? Yeah. And if we don't do that, then 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 you, the spirit will kind of wander off. But yeah. you know, the soul will always call you. Mm. The soul is going to call you. It gives you lots of times. You know, it it. it so many things keep going around in a cycle until you actually get the message. I gave an right. analogy today to someone and I said, you know, if, you know, the soil can be very fertile, but if it's dry, the rain is going to slide off it. But maybe if you have a nice, soft, gentle rain, which is kind of like doing a practice every day, mm-hmm. nice and gently, just one small little thing, what will happen is it filters in and it gets in lower and lower and it comes and it gets to the root gets to the core, and that's when you get your transformation. That's when it's able to drink. And yeah. maybe that's really what how it's going to have to be for, for a while. It's so true. You're going to have a lot, you know, it's going to land <laughs> and fall off. Yeah. Let's say the last thing regarding spirituality before we close this first chapter with the amazing Shireen. <laughs> Thank you. Let's say something um, together, a message from each of us. <laughs> Well, I think I think for me the most important thing, and and that's really playing much in my mind currently these days. It's really is what you envision you become. 
So if you allow yourself to just carry on envisioning yourself, and envisioning is about embodying the vision. Yeah? It's not about I'm looking at it and I'm visioning. I'm talking about envisioning. I'm taking the vision inside me. I'm embodying it because what you believe, what you perceive, you believe. Your body will believe and will act upon. So that's really, that's my key right now. Yeah. Listen, I'm like at this point, I'm just, yes, everything Shireen says, beautiful. I can't, I can't question it any further. I just think it's so beautiful that, you know, we often use these terms, you know, oh, manifest, uh, do a planner, do a mood board, fix your mindset. But here we have actually, and this is what, you know, really why we called ourselves wellness and wonder, because for me, I've studied sports, sports science, you know, the physical medicine, Francesca is mm. the heavy spirituality and a health coach. And between us, the two levels of health coach, we often talk about the magic and the science. And here you are, like, again, another embodiment of that, just saying all of that. So yes, I couldn't say it any better. That is it. It's it's a mindset. You have to see the world you want to believe and to achieve. You have to believe. That's it. Yeah. 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 It is. I, and, and, and you have to do it with love. Yeah. yeah. You have to do it with love. You have to open that heart. <laughs> we have to believe with love because uh, yeah. it, is, uh, it is the trick. It is the trick to really go through, through things. I would say that spirituality is also about, uh, if we think about the etymology, I always love saying this, it's about breathing, the breathe. From Latin, spirit means breathe. That means that yeah. our spirit comes and goes and it uh, it is refreshed by our breathing. So it is very important to realize that we are pure spirit and, of course, body at the same time. So through sensations, through details, through through vibrations, through energies we feel around us, we can feel the spirituality coming into us. So if we commit yeah, yeah to success, we just have to believe in ourselves, mm. not the other way around, because we are pure magic. Yeah. And you know, and I think we just have to really understand we are created to have mystical experiences. We have yeah. created. Naturally, our body has this ability to experience the divine. Wow. Yeah. You know, so, it's there yeah. for us to do. So, you know, if you want to have a happy life, a spiritual life, then it's there. It's inside. Isn't it? It's inside you. So harness that, your divine feminine, your divine masculine, understand that you have that power. And that's been today, Wellness of Wonder with Shireen Lovegrove. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us, Shireen. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for having me. And please of be course. sure to check out www.wellnessofwonder. Actually, let me do it across here. Wellnessofwonder.co.uk. <laughs> and, of course, Spotify, Pandora, um, what else are we on, Francesca? Absolutely everywhere. I Heart Radio, baby. Our third <laughs> That's the one. I Heart Radio, wherever you find podcasts, SoundCloud, we are there. So please join the conversation, share with your friends. Also check out the video on YouTube where you can see all our wonderful faces. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you. again. Bye, everyone. Bye.